one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From launch day demo discs filled with SSX and Airblade to those purple discs that were always much louder than everything else, the PlayStation 2 landed strong, only soared to new heights, and remains the highest selling console in gaming history. Honestly, I loved this period in gaming. Maybe it was becoming a teenager in the year of Vice City, James Bond Nightfire, and the first Splinter Cell, but I have such powerfully positive memories of the entire time I spent with this system. I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com, and these are the 10 best PlayStation 2 games from the end of the generation. Number 10, The Godfather, The Game. Getting huge names like Robert Duvall and James Conn on board to reprise their roles from 1972, as well as a Marlon Brando easter egg, the Godfather game feels like it comes from an EA that existed in a parallel universe. Yet it was all real, all of it. EA gave us the best Lord of the Rings games ever, the best Bond games ever, the Simpsons movie tie-in, and the Godfather game, something that tried to take on GTA. A context-sensitive melee system was used to rough up shop owners who owed you money, and cover-based shooting let you churn through large numbers of enemies, the game's production values being pretty astonishing for the time. Throw in a beautifully rendered New York and a fully customizable protagonist created in the hilariously named Mob Face mode, and you had another solid entry in the open-world crime genre. Number 9, God of War 2. The game that landed the year after the PlayStation 3 dropped in the US and one month after in the UK, God of War 2 often feels like a PS3 game because it was just that damn impressive. Talk about perfecting a sense of scale and making it controllable, God of War 2 took everything about the original and ratcheted it up. The original game opened with Kratos taking on a gigantic multi-necked Hydra, but God of War 2 saw Zeus betray you, only to then have a wrestling match with an animated city block-sized statue of the Colossus of Rhodes. Combat was liquid butter, effortlessly segueing in and out of quick-time events, back when we actually loved their implementation, and gameplay had you grabbing whatever was in reach and ripping it apart with your bare hands. Kratos himself might look back on his angry days with some regrets, but man were they fun to control. Number 8, Full Spectrum Warrior. A military game so realistic it was born out of a training program used by the US military, Full Spectrum Warrior chose to take the idea of tactical squad-based deployment like in the Conflict series and let you control every move, one step at a time. What made this special long before Call of Duty 4 would see that franchise dominate was a gorgeous graphics engine, and a very deliberately paced campaign that made sure when you happened upon a group of enemies, it was a real threat. Making it through in one piece after trading fire and carrying soldiers to the checkpoint was genuinely intense and satisfying. Satisfying. A whole other way to do a war game, something like Brothers in Arms would later attempt, but has rarely been replicated since. Number 7, Manhunt 2. 
Rockstar's darkest and most offensive game thanks to the tabloid Inferno it created at the time, the original Manhunt was used as everything from being a game that teaches kids how to kill to actually being wrongly linked to a real-life murder in the process. Underneath all of that though and carried forward into Manhunt 2 was a fantastically solid stealth adventure now with a killer plot twist in the final few moments, as well as more trademark Rockstar swagger in regards to well-acted cutscenes and characters who deal only in the darkest shades of grey. The three-tier kill system was back, as was super intelligent AI forcing you out of any hiding spot. Keeping the pressure on and perfecting that prey-predator dynamic, the first game did better than anyone. Manhunt 2 is a supremely disgusting game, but it's also a bona fide stealth gem. Number 6. Bully as controversial as Grand Theft Auto in a school was at the time, Bully is often thought of as Rockstar's absolute best game. The perfect marriage of hilarious scriptwriting, fun mission design, consistent unlocks, and a time management aspect that meant you had to attend classes for perks, or you could play truant and see what lay around the academy. Kick Me Signs and Slingshots were the order of the day, as Jimmy Hopkins got lost in a recess-like world of stereotyped cliques and 90s tropes, along with a wondrously whimsical score that's way more nostalgic today than you might think. Across its hefty runtime, you'd defend the nerds from insult-throwing jocks, skip class to skate around town, or enjoy booting the game up at Halloween, Christmas, and more to play unique themed events. Yep, yeah, Bully is still incredible. Number 5. Devil May Cry 3 – Dante's Awakening Flashing back to the past, DMC3 gave Dante a host of new moves and animations, cranking up his signature cockiness tenfold and letting Capcom pioneer a level of video game anime cinematography in cutscenes that's still hugely influential. It was a glorious return to form considering how lifeless DMC2 felt, with Dante's brother Virgil now the primary antagonist, producing lightning-fast showdowns and some all-time great boss fights. Combat-wise, it was more of that I-can't-believe-I'm-actually-controlling-all-of-this feeling from the first game. Dante's Awakening let you spin upside down in midair with twin pistols, ride fallen enemies, whip a shotgun around your elbows like a pair of nunchaku, or play a guitar from the remains of an overly sexed-up Bat-Lady. With its Switch re-release adding in-level weapon switching from later titles, this is still one of the finest third-person action games you'll ever come across. Number 4. Dragon Quest VIII – Journey of the Cursed King Adding to that idea that the PlayStation 2's library really was second to none, another gorgeous JRPG was Dragon Quest VIII. The continued realization of Akira Toriyama's character designs in video games really came into its own here, and developer level 5 provided perfectly tight, addictive turn-based gameplay. Dragon Quest has always done archetypal fantasy and age-old tropes better than anyone, here providing a tale of frog-legged kings, soaring music, and a gang of thrown-together adventurers trying to save the land. There was even a catch-em-all Pokemon-style minigame that saw you battling enemy creatures against other warriors. To this day, Dragon Quest VIII is arguably the finest in the whole series, and it's kinda criminal we don't have access to it anywhere other than PlayStation 2, 3DS, or mobile phones. Number 3. The Punisher Another game put through the ringer as something that needed extended censorship because its content was just that damn terrifying, away from all the last-minute black-and-white filters, The Punisher was a damn solid third-person shooter with great kill animations and chunky weapons. Those interrogations, though, they were inventive as hell. Dangling someone above an industrial thresher, dunking a dude's face into a piranha tank, crunching a head inside a piano's lid, or just whacking someone inside a morgue furnace and gradually turning up the heat. The Punisher was cartoon violence incarnate, with a killer voice performance by Thomas Jane reprising his role from the overlooked 2004 movie. 
Literally everything about this made it feel like THE Punisher game in the same way X-Men Origins Wolverine nailed a depiction of Logan in 2009. Whereas Wolverine is coming back from Insomniac though, Punisher hasn't had another title since the horrific arena shooter No Mercy. Number 2. Resident Evil 4 Back in the day, seeing Resident Evil 4 on GameCube for the majority of 2005 felt like a lifetime. Shinji Mikami's game-changing masterwork did so many things right out of nowhere, advancing the very idea of aiming and shooting in a third-person space, alongside changing the face of Resident Evil forever. Throwing the camera over Leon Kennedy's shoulder for the first time, the introduction alone has you slowly explore a rural Spanish village, only for all hell to break loose. Taking on Las Plagas from here on out was a treat thanks to being able to aim for any body part. Melee finishers had Leon roundhouse kicking or suplexing nearby walkers into mush, and that's before you get to a string of boss battles that remain some of the franchise's finest. And number one, Persona 4. Still the most overlooked JRPG to a wider audience in gaming history considering how much of a push Persona 5 got while this never got re-released on home console, Persona 4 is for my money the best of the bunch. Telling an immediately engaging story about trying to fit in at high school while a serial killer is leaving bodies around town, the meshing of the macabre and supernatural keep the pace high. You'll fall into a demonic realm where characters' darkest secrets and fears are made manifest, alongside learning how to weaponize your own insecurities as the titular personas. There's just so much going on with expertly written characters, a god-tier soundtrack, and rewarding turn-based gameplay, I genuinely think this deserves to be up there with Final Fantasy VI, VII, and IX as JRPG royalty. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.